1: People have a false desire, kind of. They want to be in step number 10 when they graduate from college and they're not willing to start off at step number one.
2: It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood,
0: Hey, I am really excited about today's guest. This guy is a legend where we where I live here in McMinnville, Oregon. He is the only college coach to ever win national championships in baseball and in football. He won 3 in football and one in baseball. Uh, This guy is legendary, and man, I'm excited to get him on. You are going to be so blessed to hear what this guy has to say about life and sports, and how you, our men in the arena, can walk and live as the best version of you. So hey guys, before we do that though, I want to talk about our man law this week. Guys, remember our man laws are funny uh, laws that you supply. I'm actually putting them into a book that'll come out probably in about three or four years, called Man Laws. And uh, if you hit us up at info at org, and we use your man law, we will send you some swag. And this goes to Steve Galt. I think Steve is out of Missouri. And uh, he said this as a man law. The foundation of the food pyramid is not grains but meat. <laughs> I will amen to that. So Steve, hit us up at, <laughs> at org with your address, and we'll send you some swag. And I also want to share our hero story. The, uh, these hero stories come in from all over the world constantly. This one actually came from one of our national team captains. Guys, if you go to our website and just click on the Join Our Program now, we have guys from all over the country leading virtual small groups to help you become your best version. And And a lot of guys say to me, hey, Jim, this is virtual. Uh, I want to be face-to-face. I'm an eyeball-to-eyeball guy. This won't make a difference. And guys, what you need to know is this. When you join a virtual team via Zoom, you're with guys from all over the country, but we also have a thread that we create every week, or it's a thread that we create, that you have daily interactions with the guys on your small group, so it never goes away. And so guys actually build a tighter bond with other men even though they may be 2,000 miles apart, and one of our national team captains sent me this note from one of the guys in his small group, and the note says, thankful this morning for you guys and that I pulled the trigger on registering for this group. Now listen, this is powerful, guys. I have communicated more with all of you than I have in other groups that are in person. Have a ge- great day, everyone. So, guys, listen, if you're afraid that you're not going to go deep with guys because you're not face-to-face, man, I'll tell you, I used to believe that, but we're just in a different time now, different age. So, guys, let us help you become the best version of you. Go to arena.org and click the Join Our Program button. Let us help you to become your best version, guys. So today I want to bring our guest on the show. His name is Ad Rutchman. He just turned 90 years old. Happy birthday. Last week? (laughs) On Saturday. Saturday. Happy birthday. If he walked into the room and you were sitting there, you would swear the guy's 70. But he just turned 90. Uh, He was married for 64 years to his beautiful wife, Joan, who passed away in 2016. Sorry to hear about that. Uh, But he loved one woman his entire life. He's coached. Uh, It's hard to tell how many years he's coached, but he started his career at Hillsborough High School in Oregon, uh, moved to Linfield College, which is now Linfield University. He was the head football coach there from 1968 to 1991. And since then, he's continued as their special teams coach. So he's still at 90 years old coaching at Linfield University football to this day. He never had a losing season while coaching for Linfield University where he won 3 national championships in football, one national championship in baseball, he is a part of the longest football winning streak of any team in any division in college history. Linfield just completed 65 years of winning seasons and coach you had 24 of them under your belt. So congratulations. Thank you very much. But I think the thing that's the most impressive coach, uh, well let me t- a couple other things. Here's what people don't know about Coach Rutschman, and I don't know if you know this, but I I read your book. He earned 12 letters as a four-year athlete at Linfield while he was a student in what many have said was one of the greatest sports careers in Linfield history, where he set a school career rushing record with 3,761 yards that's a lot of yards in that day and age. I mean, people don't realize how many yards that is. I was a running back in college as well. He said a school career record at 3,761 yards, which still holds today. In 1953, the school permanently retired, adds number 32. So that is pretty cool. But the most important, impressive of all of this, here's the most impressive thing to me. In surveying past players who p- played for Coach Rutschman, listen to this, guys, over 120— went on to become high school head coaches, 18 become head college coaches, and one became a coach in the NFL. So we're here to talk about his wonderful career, legendary actually, and the book that was written about his life called Winning with Class, the Story of Hall of Fame Coach Ad Rutschman. Sir, it's great to have you on the show today. Great to be here. Thanks so much, Jim. Yeah, my only concern is I think uh, I would love to sit at your feet for about 14, 15 hours, but we only have an hour. And so, as I shared offline, you know, I've always, uh, you know, I played through college. I played four years of college football and, and, and coached high school football. And I, I never really had the, what I would call the great coach. So, whenever I hear of great coaches, there's something in me that triggers. And so, I'm really excited. I've been in this town for almost 20 years, and your name uh, floats around. In fact, when I was a head freshman coach at, at McMinnville High School, we had a great year one year. And I went to speak at this uh, breakfast club. There are a bunch of guys at this table asking me questions, and I noticed that every time you spoke, everybody looked at you for everything. I was like, I don't know who that guy is there, but he seems to be the one that they're all looking to and they respect the most. And I was really <laughs> intrigued by who that guy was. They said, oh, that was Zad Rutschman. I'm like, okay, now I know why. So anyway, it's just our brief interaction. It's great to have you on the show. Oh, I appreciate it, and thank you. <laughs> so- so you had this amazing career at Linfield. Uh, you've lived an amazing life. You know, um, you know, you, In your book, it was written this about you. It says, Coach Rutschman believes athletics have lasting educational value. And it, uh, of you, it says, he was a crusader for wellness and recognized the tremendous role sports play in our society for all men, women, young and old. And I thought that is very, very powerful. And, and you've had several things that have driven you. As a coach, can you walk us through what you determined a while back about values, beliefs, and principles, and how those impact lives?
1: Well, uh, when I was at a, a very young age, I I came I got to thinking about uh, the quality of a person's life, uh, and to me, it was based upon the choices, the decisions that that person makes. And then I said, okay, well, how do you make those decisions? And and I came up with, you basically make decisions based upon uh, your uh, values, your beliefs, and your principles. And so then I sat down and I started writing a list of things that I valued. And I valued honesty, I valued a work ethic, I valued... Uh, 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 doing things right the first time, and, and then a, a list of beliefs and uh, th- things that I, I believe in. Uh, I believe you make decisions in basically three ways, power, positioning, or principles. And to me, there's only one way to do that out of those three choices, and that's to base it upon principles. And and to me, I see this country uh, that the world that we live in today, to me, there's too many decisions that are based upon power. And and, you know, what's in it for me uh, type of an attitude instead of. uh, And this gets me in trouble once in a while, because I believe things are either right or wrong. And there's not an awful lot in between. And uh, I, I hate the term politically right because uh, where does it fit? If, it's, if it is right, then it's not politically right. It's just flat out right. But if it's not there, then to me it's wrong. And so I do not like that, that term. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically I tried to make all my decisions based upon principles. And this is the right thing to do. And sometimes that's not the power, uh, the the uh, uh, oh, oh the uh, the way people would like to see it. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you've got uh, fourth and one, and everybody is saying go for it. You know. But that's good if you make it. But there's a lot of things that can go wrong. The yeah. center snap can be wrong. Uh, there can be a, a fumble, they, you know, and so, uh, uh, most of the time we punt. Well, that, that might not be the popular thing, but to me, it was a right choice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and people once in a while would ask me, why did you call that play? And I'd say, well, I thought it was the right play. It didn't work, but I thought it was the right play. Yeah. You know, and uh, so, and then, you know, principles, and to me, you know, those were basically uh, in the same category as beliefs, you know, but uh, I I kind of had steps. Uh, I included that in steps to get things uh, done, and uh, uh, to me... Um, an awful uh, i I took a class in high school one time geometry, and looking back at it, I think it had a a huge impact on me mm. because uh to me, uh A plus B equals c and and maybe it's A plus B plus D equals E, you know, And so I became kind of a numbers uh guy its stance first movement position prior to contact position on contact after contact finish and i would i would look at those things on every play of every person both offensively and defensively i might i might run the projector back 5 times before i got to the second player you know but to me uh those things were important mm-hmm. uh, uh, i think there's too many things that you go from s- s- uh, stance to finish and uh my feeling is everything has a pro- process and uh and so it's uh you know uh, when you when you uh, uh, the mowed the lawn i mowed it one direction uh, and then came back the second time and motored a, a different direction. Uh, when we washed a car, we washed it from the top down, you know. And so everything had a, a progression uh, to it. And, and I think that's really, uh, you know, what, what life is. So to me, teaching and learning is the same thing it's uh, attitude, knowledge, clear picture, repetition, habit. And so uh, it's, it's not do you have a good attitude or a bad attitude? It's are you eager to learn mm-hmm. today, you know? And does that affect where you sit in the classroom? I, uh, my, when we our coaches went to clinics, I expected them all to sit in the front row uh, because you can hear better, you can see better. If you sit in the back of the room, and we have a successful program, we get all kinds of people that come in and they want to talk with you and visit with you. Well, if you're talking to them, you're not hearing with the speaker, you're not learning anything. And so uh, to me, uh, uh, those things became uh, pretty important to me. Uh, But basically, it involved your values, your beliefs, and your principles, and those are the things that basically guided me uh, through pretty much my uh, life. And now, the value of football. Uh, I I was hired in three different times to to be on a search committee for a high school football coach. And uh, in one case, the job was a a math teacher and a football coach, and uh, there was a person on the committee, uh, uh, a, uh, uh, just a community member, on the uh, that they had picked that lived in this community, but he worked at Pendleton Woolen Mills in Milwaukee. And the very first thing the principal said uh, to us was. Uh, I want you to understand we're going to hire the, the teacher first. In other words, uh, we're going to hire a math teacher, and if, that, if he coaches football, that's going to be okay. And so we, we go to lunch at a restaurant, and I just happened to be sitting in the same booth that he sat in, and he said, Ed, what did you think about uh, the meeting the first, uh, this morning? And I said, I I thought it went okay, but uh, one thing that always bothers me, and he said, what's that? And I said, you remember when the principal said we're going to hire the teacher first? I I just want to ask you this question. For whatever success that you've enjoyed, personally or professionally, how important are these things? Honesty, a work ethic, a commitment to excellence or quality, Uh, uh, positive relationships, handling adversity, teamwork, uh, knowledge, understanding, and a respect for policies, for laws, uh, and things uh, like uh, that. And he said, well, that's everything. And I said, okay, if those things are so important to success, then where at this high school are we going to do the best job of developing those habits and those attitudes? Is that going to be in the math class or English, biology, social studies? Uh, I, I said, I can teach honesty better teaching, or, uh, uh, teaching football than I can in my organization and administration class. And uh, he said, uh, I, I see what you mean. And so we get back, and uh, the principal says, let's get started. And this guy says, before we get started, I got something I want to say. And he pointed his finger at the principal, and he says, I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) We're going to hire a damn good football coach that is also a damn good math teacher. And the principal swallowed his tongue. He could not talk but that's exactly what we did he turned out to be a great coach later became a principal of a high school uh, I mean uh, a well-respected uh, person a person that had a positive impact on 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 kids so to me I've always said that I have the best classroom going for teaching success skills Mm-hmm. Not computer skills, not surgery skills, but if you don't have these things as your foundation, I don't care how intelligent, I don't care whether you become a valedictorian, you're going to have a rocky road mm-hmm. in your future. So to me, uh, uh, schools would be better off to require every person has to be involved in some activity before in order to graduate and that and i would include people that are paraplegics you know they they can be involved yep and they will be uh
0: uh better because of it if if they have the right leadership i agree a hundred percent i i'm a huge i mean i was a three sport athlete all through high school my kids all played sports we actually told our sons if you're not going to play a sport during a season, you're going to get a job. You're going to do something extracurricular. My kids always had jobs to pay for their cars. I was the meanest parent on the planet, right? But I've uh, produced three wonderful adults who all are college grads that are successful. So I agree 100%. So, so Ad, let me go back here to values, beliefs, and principles for a second. So you, you ranked these in order values first, so how would you, so on the surface reading I would have put beliefs first, but I, I see you did this strategically. So what would you how would you define the word values and why did you put them ahead of beliefs?
1: Uh, let's dissect honesty. Honesty to me gives you respect. It gives you credibility. It gives you integrity, and now people trust you. And now you can have open relationships, not guarded relationships, and now you can be a leader. To me, you cannot have relationships uh, without trust. And you cannot have trust with honesty. So, I do not work. want to work with People that I can't trust, mm-hmm. and I can't don't want to work for somebody that I can't trust. So to me, honesty. If I'm in, if I'm uh, researching someone to hire someone, one of the questions going to ask is rate this person zero to ten on honesty. Mm-hmm. If they're not a ten, I want to I want to pursue that. I want to. Well, maybe the guy says I would not rate anybody a ten. Well. That's that's okay. But to me, if there's got doubt in there and stuff like that, uh, I don't want that person. And uh, there's not very many days in practice that didn't go by that I didn't hit trust in some fashion. Uh, You players, can Mm. I trust that you're going to do your very best on the next play? Can you trust us that we're going to do a thorough job of preparing you for the game on on Saturday? I mean, uh, to me, trust is is, – honesty is a result or or is a reason for trust. And to to me, that has to be up there uh, at the head of the line. Well, and work ethic – uh, to me, this is one of the things that I think we have a real problem in society Oh, today. man, yes. So to, to me, uh, uh, those, things, uh, those things come at the—I uh, tell our, uh, the coaches that when we're hiring him, I'm not interested in a time-oriented person. I'm interested in a job-oriented person. We go home when the job's done. Yeah,
0: know, that may not be 5 o'clock. <laughs> well, th- what, I, what I appreciate about that, so I've said all my adult life that football is the greatest game ever invented. It really is a game of trust. Every player, it's not like soccer where you can have a goalie back there and a guy there. In football, everybody has to do their job every time, and they have to trust that the guy next to him is doing his job. And if anybody breaks trust and steps beyond the context of their job description, the play breaks down. Either a penalty, or a a, a miss block, or a quarterback who scrambles too soon, or a receiver who runs the wrong pattern. And so I'm a huge fan of that. So I will say this. So this book I wrote, uh, Strong Men, Dangerous Times, what we did in that book, Ad, was we defined manhood as five things. And we wanted to cross demographics. We wanted to cross religion. We wanted to cross... Uh, time timeframes, uh, ethnicity. And so what we believe when it comes to manhood, the foundational component of manhood, the first of the five, which is our foundational component, is protecting integrity. So it's a value statement. So I agree 100%. So I think there's just a terminology uh, difference that I'm trying to dissect here. So I understand values. So beliefs, then I was thinking beliefs as far as my spiritual beliefs but your beliefs are something a little bit different how do you define beliefs you're defining beliefs as like a uh, can you talk to us about the beliefs
1: uh, well my my feeling on beliefs is that uh, they're uh, uh, they uh, the beliefs and principles are really intertwined okay. you know but uh, it's uh, uh, the way to get thing uh, done or uh, okay. a, a belief uh, uh uh three ways to make uh decisions power principle oh i got you. a belief uh th- that uh you can teach anything if you uh, if someone were to tell me that uh uh i had to be the tennis coach and i've never played tennis in my life then i would want to know uh, tell me what the stance, first movement, position prior to contact, on contact, after contact, and finish is uh, for a forehand, for a backhand, for a serve. Uh, and I would do – and if I can understand those things, I believe I can teach uh, tennis. And uh, so it's uh, it's uh, things that I believe in, um, the – Oh golly you' caught me off a little bit off balance on the uh, on the, the beliefs, but i mean i 've got uh, uh, uh oh, to uh, to teaching and learning it's attitude knowledge clear picture reputation habit and uh uh how many how many people have you heard talk that I used to hate going to a faculty meeting because (laughs) the same six people dominated every faculty meeting. And they used words that I would have to have a dictionary in front of me. and And I always wanted to raise my hand and never did. But I wanted to raise my hand and say, hey, are you trying to impress me or are you trying to communicate with me? Be, you're not communicating because you use words that I don't know what they mean, but you're impressing the heck out of me, you know. And so to me, teaching or speaking, you have to use words that, that communicate with your audience. If you're talking to a bunch of football coaches, you know, that's one thing. Uh, if, you're, if you're at a baseball clinic, and you've you've got little leaguers there, high school kids there, and and adults there. You've got a problem because uh, if you're talking to the adults, you're not talking to the kids, and you know. So uh, uh, to me, uh, it's still uh, what's the attitude now? Give them the knowledge of what is to be learned, and and now is it a clear picture? You know, and to me. That, that's the thing you have to say. Uh, if somebody's using words that I can't understand, the picture is fuzzy. Yep. And and so and then it's repetition, repetition, repetition until it becomes habit. And to me, that's teaching, mm-hmm. but it's also learning. You know. So teaching and learning. Uh, my beliefs are that those things fit into that that category.
0: And. Yeah uh so well i someone once joked that educators take a very simple concept and make it difficult communicators take a difficult concept and make it simple and i've had numerous people over the years tell me that you're one of the best teachers they've ever had and they never had you in a class they played football for you oh and so when you i didn't mean to throw you a curveball on this beliefs but i what i walked away from with beliefs was the decision making process a leader goes through to get to a point from point a to point b and you you broke it down into three types of people we were joking about the educators but you talked about power using words that nobody understands you know controlling with power you talked about positional leadership or decision making and you talked about principle based leadership and decision making so can you walk us through those three things again then we'll focus on the principles uh, uh, the, uh, the power, to some degree, is you do it my
1: way or the highway. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's an old form of leadership. A l- long time ago, that was probably the way uh, people did it. Uh, uh, positioning, it, it, to uh, uh, some extent, it's what's in it for me. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I've got to be careful of how I make this decision because uh, these people gave me a million dollars on my campaign, you know, Uh, and uh, uh, and so now uh, and uh, I mean, and there's other uh, uh, forms this. I mean, to me, part of the problem with teenage pregnancies is yeah. is I'm going to say positioning, but it's a wrong. Uh, but uh, don't misinterpret this. But to me, uh, the girl is saying that if I don't go along with this, I'm going to lose this guy. Yeah, you know. And they mean well, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's it's not right. And to me, principles is this is right. And this is wrong. And now courage comes into the factor Mm -hmm. of do you have the courage to make the right decision and stand by it, even though it may not be the popular thing to do? Uh, Pop problem with drugs and things like this is, hey, uh, everybody's doing it. You want to be part of everybody or or do you want to be out there in left field? You know, and so it's a positioning thing, not a principled uh, thing. And to me, the biggest change that I've seen in the country since I was very young is the value put on values. Explain. Well, uh, it used to be your handshake was a contract, no longer the case. Correct. Work ethic isn't what it used to be. Uh, people think they're overworked today and they haven't even come close, you know. Uh, honesty is uh, uh, no longer uh, uh, a value uh, or something yeah. that is, is uh, valued. Uh, so to me, uh, we, ha- we have uh, gone downhill and, uh, on values, and uh, and uh, consequences have gone downhill. Absolutely, there's no consequence for anything yeah. uh, anymore. At you know, at one time in history, if you stole a person's means of transportation, the consequence was quick, and it was very firm, definitive. If you did not go through fourteen years of appeals. Yeah, you know they. They you stole a guy's horse, they caught you. A rope went over a tree. Co- consequence was quick, firm, no problem. Today, uh, they they don't want uh, they want to reduce the consequences for uh, people that are doing things uh, wrong, and they just repeat. You yeah. know, you're not. Uh, it. Uh, I mean, in football maybe once a year things weren't going good and we would do would stop practice and do 10-yard sprints and it wasn't the 10-yard sprints it was they had to be in a perfect stance and I could hold them in that stance as long as I wanted to (laughs) because I could go down the line and say hey Bill get your head up uh uh, Joe raise your tail, and, and there, and and being in that stance without movement is that becomes uh, painful, and mm-hmm. uh, and now you sprint for ten yards, and if everybody didn't sprint hard, it didn't count. So we'd do ten of them, but it might take fifteen minutes, uh-huh. you know, to do them, and never ever had to do it again that season. You know, and if things didn't start going good, we had leaders out there would say, hey, we've got to pick it up, you know. Well, uh, the consequence of them not doing things uh, the way we wanted them done and stuff like this was firm enough to where they didn't want it to ever happen again. Uh, I mean, didn't injure anybody, didn't do any, I mean, but it got the point across and. Uh, my feeling is the consequences today are not getting the job done.
0: Well, it's made people soft. Yeah. you know. Well, you said in the book written about you, it says this, Coach Rutschman believed that the evolving success of any program starts at the bedrock level, which is the foundation, strength, and durability found in the values, beliefs, and principles of people which is what we've been talking about. Yep. It is the grit of the dedicated leaders and team members who never settle or give up. And this is what we've been talking about. So talk to us again about principles. A principle to you is what?
1: Well, uh, again, it goes back in the same... Uh, uh, it could have been in the same uh, list as beliefs, you know. But I, add, I, I had it there. Uh, it's uh, To me, it's your belief... In the way things would be done, um, uh, so it's it's all part of of that uh, that same uh, uh, part of beliefs. But it's kind of it inclu- with me. It included a step by step progression on on things, uh, teaching and 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 learning could both be, uh, with me could both be in uh, beliefs but it could also be in principles you know uh teaching and learning uh the steps involved in that could be in 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 under beliefs but it could also be under uh uh principles and uh so it's if if you were to look up in a book uh of what uh, uh principles are it would probably say it's it's a belief on how things should be done well. It's a it's a belief also, but I included the you know steps in a motivation are uh, motivating. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, a pat on the back. Uh, you got to be careful of that today, and I, I and I think that <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I think that's bec- uh, a hug. Uh, you got to be careful of those things today. And uh, to me, I'm not sure. Those things are uh, are good rules that we, we have today to take away that from that because you've got kids that absolutely need a hug, absolutely, you know, and and you you got to be careful uh, of it uh, today. A personal touch, to me, is motivating. Mm-hmm. To say, "Hey, Jim, nice job," but to me, to reach over over there and touch you and say, "Nice job," that's more. Motivating. Agreed, hundred percent. And to me, what it all boils down to on on principles, uh, to me, is rights right and wrongs wrong. If it's not right, then it's wrong. Yes. And how do we move this to here? There, I don't care whether you're talking. I mean, to me, uh, law lawyers and you won't. They won't want to hear this. But to me. They should only get paid if they win the case. And if they they lose the case, they should pay the other attorney's fees, you know. And we would do away with probably 70% of frivolous lawsuits because the way it is today, both lawyers win because most things are settled out of court, you know. And if you're a politician... And you lie, I think you ought to go to jail, and uh, and uh, so if if you're a politician and if you're talking about things, you better have facts to back it up, and that's not happening today.
0: Oh yeah, I I won't even talk to you about teachers and tenure anyway. But but let's let's get into. I'm (laughs) going to you. I mean, man, I I really appreciate you saying because I say this stuff all the time. And it just sounds outdated, but the truth is the truth is the truth. So I'm going to go back and review. So power, a person who operates or decides things based on power is deciding on what is the personal gain for me. The person who makes decisions based on position is what title do I carry that gives me quote, authority, but principles, which is what we're talking about here, is what foundational convictions do I have, right? An opinion is something I hold. A conviction is something that holds me. To me, I would say that is synonymous with a principle. To me, there are too many people today that
1: uh, are, uh, to me, you're making also de- making decisions based upon preference. You- You've got two ways. preference or conviction. Preference is what's in it for me. You know? Yeah. Convictions is, this is right, and I'm not bending. Preference can be negotiated. Uh-huh. Convictions can't be
0: negotiated. Mm. That's powerful. That is really, really good. And I, we need to be I, I appreciate the fact of that we need to be people who have principles and beliefs. In your book about you, it says, one of Rutchman's core beliefs was that internal principles precede external achievements. Principles are merely specific standards, personal values, and items that are held as important. And coach Rutchman had an unyielding conviction that worked well in establishing a winning team. Please explain. Well, right's right and wrong's wrong. (laughs) It's pretty simple, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah,
1: and I I mean, uh, uh, to me, a successful marriage is pretty simple. Find the right person, then be the right person. Say that again. Successful marriage, very simple. Find the right person, and then be the right person. That's tweetable there. Okay. Employer. Find the right employees, then be the right employer. Coaches. Find the right assistant coaches, be the right head coach. Find the right recruits, and then be the right coach. Uh, To me, there are so many things that are simple. You know, uh, if you just have the convictions that that's the way it's going to be and you don't start uh, doing making things on preference, Mm. Uh, this guy is such a good athlete that we're not going to punish him for breaking the rules. Uh, To me, I, I dislike seeing the images that we have on television. Now in sports, uh, they're all role models, whether they want to believe it or not. Yep. And uh, some of them look like they just crawled out from a woodpile, you know. And <laughs> yeah. and uh, I mean, to me, there should be an appearance type of uh, thing in their contracts, you know, b- to be the, uh, uh, a role model for our young, young youth. Absolutely. And, and knock off this... Uh, 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 choreographed stuff that they have after a tackle or a, or a uh, touchdown, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and it's going on in
0: all sports, but our young people today copy that. Absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, talk to us, speaking about that, talk to us about this fun, fundamental ingredient of success in the book, Winning with Class. You said that that was discipline. Talk to us, and, and with getting the haircut and, and acting right as a role model, that comes down to discipline. Talk to us about the, the, this ingredient of discipline in success in life. Well, to me, there's a lot of things about uh, discipline
1: that I believe in. Uh, first of all, I believe that uh, you cannot accomplish anything without discipline. I mean, if you've got a goal, in order to reach that goal, it's going to take discipline to reach that that goal. Uh, so I don't. I think an undisciplined person is an unprepared person for life. Now, also, I believe that the discipline is not what you do to a person, but what you do for a person. So a lot of times, people are don't want to deal with discipline, and my feeling is. You need to do it because you if you don't you're not doing anything for that person you know and uh, so you you need to if the person needs to be disciplined, you need to uh, discipline them and and I boil that down into about five different categories, but it is soft, firm, hard, too hard mm. In other words the too hard is now you you're making it so hard that he's either going to do it and now you don't have a problem in the past, in the future or he's going to quit the team and you you're at that point where he's a cancer you're either going to be a and this is one of the values of a team sports also Absolutely. is teaching respect and tolerance. Mm-hmm. Those two things, I don't think you can you can accomplish that thing any better than in athletics. And you have to you have to respect people of different backgrounds, different uh, mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. and so you have to have tolerance. You know, for, so those two words become an important part of a team activity.
0: Yeah, there's so many different backgrounds that come to the table. Uh, I played with ninety other guys and we came from all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities, all different demographics. I remember going to a banquet at the end of the season and I'm like, man, ninety percent of these kids, their parents are still married and mine were divorced. Mm-hmm. And there's this there's this tolerance that has to take place there as well. So you know you in, in the book about you it said according to Coach Rutschman, the absence of discipline is linked to a lack of clear focus, desire, persistence and inner strength. So, let's let's shift gears a little bit. What would you say to the parent who doesn't want to discipline little Johnny?
1: Well, uh you're not helping him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're uh you're neglecting your parental uh position, you know, and uh, uh you n- n- need to
0: think in terms of you're not doing it to him, you're doing it for him. That's so powerful, Coach. You know, the Bible talks about not disciplining your child means you hate your child. And so we have this, we have this opinion in our modern society that I'm doing something to little, Johnny, instead of doing it for. I think that's a very powerful thing. I've never heard it articulated that way before. Well, and, and,
1: uh, and also, uh, as a parent, you need to be a parent not a friend. Absolutely. You know, and 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 this happens a lot in adult life, too. You know, people uh, make decisions because they want to be friends with everybody mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of it's right or it's wrong. <laughs> you know, a lot of that boils down to, is this the right thing to do?
0: It, I know it sounds like you're beating a dead horse here, <laughs> but— we live in a world where things aren't so clear. The news used to actually be objective news. Nowadays it's like WWE, you know, it's like entertainment. And so you're saying something that's very true. So I want to I want to talk about something that is similar to discipline. I want to talk about the guy, you know, one in in the book that's coming out in June called The Full Capacity Man. I talk about making the wise man makes decisions against himself. So I hate working out, but I do it five days a week and I have to talk myself into it every time because I know it's going to hurt like really bad. And so there's this concept of doing the hard things Uh, about you. It says in the book that you believe if you have the desire to do the hard things today that others choose not to do, you will accomplish what others won't be able to do in the long run. So can you walk us through this concept of, okay, now I've, I've, I'm a person who's come under the discipline of my coach, under my, of my parents, who has done this for me, and now as I mature, I'm able to make and dis- discipline myself and do the hard things. Can you talk us through your belief there? Well, to me, three things are important to
1: success, Desire, persistence, and social skills. Oh. To me, those three things, uh, uh, you, you better be a people person. You better, you better uh, have good personal relationships, positive impact on people, a warm, pleasing personality. If you don't have the desire to accomplish something, uh, I don't believe in the word equal. I mean, equal is becoming a word that we're going to we're going to have laws uh, saying on uh, equal. I, I do not believe in that. I didn't go to college to be equal, you know. <laughs> and you went to be the best. Yeah, I went to get uh, to at least get better, you know. Yeah, and and but I believe in equal opportunity. But uh, but to me, this country wasn't formed by people wanting to be equal, you know. Uh, so a, a desire—you've got to have a burning desire to accomplish uh, uh, something, and uh, that old saying that if you don't use it, you lose, you lose it. it. You know, to me, that's one of the reasons uh, I keep coaching is because I. I I have to use my head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm using that. I'm watching film. I'm trying to uh, accomplish something with the kickoff return team. But uh, if you don't have a desire to accomplish something, and I think that's a problem today, is uh, uh, people have a, a false desire, kind of. They want to be in step number 10 when they graduate from college and they're not willing to start off at step number one, they they want to be up there. They don't want to work for minimum wage to start with. Well,
0: then, desire, and then step number two is persistence. Persistence, because uh, a good share of the time,
1: when you start something, you're probably going to fail. Yep. You know, the guy... That, Edison, how many times did he fail? Lincoln, how many times did he fail? You know, but persistence, persistence, persistence. You know, uh, uh, my grandmother used to, uh, instead of using the word persistence, said called it stick-to-itiveness, you know. Grit. Uh, yeah, and now it's grit, you know. But uh, to me, uh, that uh, that has to be driven in to people, you know, yeah, you're you didn't make it on that one, but are you capable? You know, are you gonna quit? Or are you gonna
0: are, are you gonna stick to it and until you make it happen? Well yeah. you know Ad, it's funny. We started this ministry with fifteen guys in a coffee shop. Jim Massey, one of your former players, was one of those guys. And it's interesting because when we launched this, we launched it from scratch with no income, no help. Our house went into foreclosure. We almost lost our house. It was and the only reason that we can sit here today and we can say we're reaching, well, we'll have we'll have thousands of guys download this episode. How does that happen? We aren't that good. Persistence. Yeah. Persistence is king. I mean, it, I mean, there's nothing. And in this day and age, where people are so willing to throw in the towel, they're so willing to litigate, they're so willing to to you know, you know, uh, to to blame other people and not take responsibility. Those men in the arena who are willing to persist, will succeed. And so so now the social skills. Let's talk about social skills. Because, I want to hit yeah. on one thing here. Go for it. Uh, to me, three kinds of people.
1: Let things happen. Make things happen. Say what happened. Yeah, what hap- What just happened? <laughs> and, and that persistence is, are you going to make it happen? Yeah. You know? Or, or are you going to just let things happen? You know? And so the social uh, skills and... You're talking about uh, communication. Well, to me, I always required our football players to be neat appearing. If you had come into our program, you had hair that was too long, uh, we cut it, you know. And, and uh, we told them that before they ever, uh, they ever came. You'd probably get a lawsuit today. But, uh, <laughs> but to me, the very first step in communication is appearance.
0: Boy that's most that's of communication very first step
1: because if somebody you need a vacuum cleaner and a guy with a vacuum cleaner shows up at your front door and he's got the best vacuum cleaner uh, in the world and he looks like he just crawled out from uh, a wood pile and stuff like this he will not come into, the, uh, I mean, I won't invite him into the house. Absolutely. You know, and so the very step, first step is uh, appearance, you know, and then it's uh, uh, everything else. It's, you know, do you look people in the eye when you're talking to them? It's, uh, can you be trusted? Uh, you know, are you an honest person? Uh, what are your questions? Values, your qualities, and stuff like this. You, you got to sell yourself before you're going to sell your product. Every one of us are in the sales business. You know, you're selling yep. a product or you're selling yourself or, or whatever it happens to be. And uh, so to me, uh, your social skills, your, be, your, your appearance, your ability, your values, your work ethic.
0: Uh, personality. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I was coaching with, I think it might have been Jim Massey. He was coaching with me for a couple of years. We coached together. And he quoted you as saying, if you give me a coach who knows nothing about football, but has integrity and is good with people, I can turn that guy into a great coach. I had, uh, Over my career, I hired two people that had
1: never played football to coach. And the very first year, they probably should have paid the school uh, because they learned as much as the kids uh, did. Yeah. Uh, that By the third year,
0: they were excellent. That is so cool. Well, I think it was Bill Walsh, the great 49ers coach, who said, anything in success is 15% what you know and 85% how you handle people. And I think there's something to that. Oh, I do too. So, yeah. well, I want to, we're running out of time here. <laughs> I probably should do a series with Coach Rutschman here, but uh, and maybe we'll get you back to talk some more because I've got quotes and quotes and quotes from your book that I just can't get to, but I, I feel like I've been able to sit at, this, at the feet of a legend. So I really appreciate that. But I have one last question. So I'm sitting in front of a guy who's just turned 90, who's articulate, who's well-thought, uh, who who's alive and vibrant. And clearly, you've got many, many more years to go here. I don't think you're anywhere close to the end. In the book about you, on page 88, it says, For Ad rutchman it is not so much about leaving a legacy, but living a legacy. I want to close with that question. What do you mean by that? Walk us through it.
1: Well, it's how how you live your life. Uh, are you an honest person? Are you a worker? Are you uh, the lead dog Sets the pace, you know, and if you're mm-hmm. the lead dog, you know you better set uh, the pace and uh, be an example. I always tried to get to work uh, by seven o'clock in the in the morning uh, when I was athletic director, and my feeling was if if uh, if I'm in charge of this department, I need to be the first guy here. Uh, I need to set that example, but if I'm going to evaluate people, I better be here to where I can see what they're doing. And mm-hmm. to me, it's the life you live in church. I see people that are using the collection plates that all week long they didn't uh, they didn't deserve that that job. But to me, it's more important the seven days that you uh, you live. You know, are you respected in your community? Are you setting up a good example? Are you having a positive impact on people? Mm. And to me, it's, it's the life uh, you live, the impact that you've had on, on people. The wins kept me in coaching. Yeah. But the thing I get the greatest satisfaction out of is seeing my players leave college and become successful in their chosen uh, field. And then that makes that,
0: is, that makes me very happy. Yeah, you actually said that in your book, the wins keep me in coaching, but it's way beyond that. Well, to, to see your resume and your legacy is so impressive. So, so, Ad, I found your book on Amazon. Are there any other places to get the book, Winning with Class? If you buy it
1: on Amazon, you're going to get it faster, and it's going to cost you $25.00. And if you don't belong to Amazon, you're going to pay a shipping cost. If you mail a check for $18 to Team Rutchman on 2142 Northwest Pinehurst Drive, McMinnville, Oregon, 97128, we will pay for the shipping. So you can get it either way, but uh, with us, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks. With
0: Amazon, you're probably going to get it in a couple of days. Well, that $24 versus 18 is a big difference. So Team Rutschman, 2142 Northwest Pinehurst Drive, McMinnville, Oregon 97128, Rutschman, R-U-T-S-C-H-M-A-N. Team Rutchman. Team yeah. Rutchman. And guys, listen, if you can also reach us at info at org, and we'll point you in the right direction, we will include that in the show notes. But guys, if this is a great book for you to have just to, just to learn the principles throughout the book, there's so much more that I'd like to discuss, but we just don't have time. And I, um, yeah, I appreciate having you on. It would be great to have you come back on and talk about some more of these principles. I still want to find out about your, uh, your uh, five step formula to success and many other things. Uh, so maybe we'll bring you back on and do that again here. And I'd love to hear more. But thank you so much, sir, for coming on the show and being uh, a legacy lever like you are. Thank you very much, Jim. Appreciate this. We've had a great time today. So guys, want to remind you uh, guys to head on over to our website info at org. Pick up a free your free copy of my newest book. Tell them what great fathers tell their sons and daughters. And want to. And guys, while you're there, uh, sign up to join one of our national virtual teams. And If you click our Join the Program Now button, one of our team leaders will reach out to you and, and get you plugged in, help you become the best version of the man that God has called you to be. And until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man.